It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode number 297 of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, March 20th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. Find the show at LockedOnRaptors. You can find links to every single episode. Uh, make sure you're checking the LockedOn Podcast Network as well. Find a show you like. Leave a rating. Leave a review on that host page. Uh, it helps them out a lot. It helps the network out a lot. And if you find Locked On Raptors on iTunes, leave a rating or review there as well. It's a very kind thing of you to do, and I appreciate you taking the time. Um, also, stay tuned this week for David Locke's Sit Down with Adam Silver. Um, it's probably going to get added on to the end of one of these podcasts. Also, I'll give you a heads up when it does. Uh, so it's about 10 or 15 minutes of Locke talking with Adam Silver about stuff. So uh, stay tuned for that. That'll be good. Um, and in the meantime, find Locked on Raptors rating, review. Please do that. I've asked you a million times. If you haven't done it by now, you're probably not going to do it. But hey, I would appreciate it either way. Uh, on today's show, we're going to talk about a game that's coming up on Wednesday because the Raptors play the Magic on Tuesday night. But like... Come on. Uh, who cares? <laughs> the Raptors play the Cleveland Cavaliers on Wednesday uh, in a game that is interesting for a whole lot of reasons. And to talk about the very uneventful Cleveland Cavaliers is our friend Justin Rowan, uh, host of the Chase Down podcast, Fear the Sword, all that stuff. How's it going, buddy? I'm doing well. Yeah, screw screw the magic. Uh, luckily, the, the league conspiring against the Raptors put uh, that game on the second night of a back-to-back to help level the playing field. So there you go. Yeah, well, also later next month, the Raptors play back-to-back where the first half is in Cleveland and the second half is uh, at home to Boston. So clearly, the conspiracy remains on. Uh, there you go. The entire oh, although Boston definitely needs that advantage. <laughs> Even more so than what's left of the Cavs right now. Unbelievable that uh, this devolved, devolved into Celtic slander within like 30 seconds of me starting. Uh, you gotta never, off, ever could have Give seen the that people coming. what they want. Give the people what they expect. <laughs> so There's this a formula. Is... It works. 
This is an interesting show. So I have a little script here that I read off of at the start of every show, and I haven't saved. Like, I just upload the same note with the same, like, script or whatever, and I haven't changed the date on it or changed the script for a year exactly. The last time I changed it was Monday, March 20th. Uh, of last year, so uh, episode 106. So in the last year, we've done 181 of these, 191 of these things. That um, sounds exhausting. This is irrelevant to anything. I just, it's an interesting note that screwed me up when I was reading the schedule. I was like, what? Some <laughs> <laughs> Monday? What are you talking about, Sean? Uh, either way, uh, lots of stuff to talk about with the Cavaliers, who are interesting and hurt and uh, have a whole lot of stuff going on with them. But before we get to that with Justin, I want to tell you about our sponsor for today. And, of course, that is MyBookie. Hey, guys, it's time to talk to you about the boatload of money you can make this week betting at MyBookie. If you haven't checked them out, this is the perfect time to get into the action. March Madness is here. Lay down some money and score big on college hoops. Join me and thousands of online players and start betting at MyBookie.ag. Are you sick of tired, sick and tired, or sick of tired, whatever you want, of getting the runaround when you ask for payout? Come join MyBookie today. I would only recommend a service that's been good to me and our listeners. That's why I urge you to make your way to MyBookie. You win. They pay fast and without any hassles. You're wasting your time betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting so you can place a bet after tip. Uh, say there's a halftime game that you think is going to change. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't watch college basketball, so I, I can't even guess the teams that are involved. But if you want to throw some money down on the team, with the old lady who's their cheerleader do that it's fun uh call to action i'm not supposed to say call to action but hey whatever join my bookie and <laughs> join now you just you just stole from jade hoy there i that, did do that i did not mean to do that uh <laughs> <laughs> join now and my bookie will match your first deposit with a 50 percent bonus you can even enter for a chance to win their multi-million dollar bracket challenge it's just one million dollar it's not multi i don't know why i said multi their million dollar bracket challenge use the promo code locked on nba to activate the offer visit my bookie today use the promo code locked on nba you play you win and you get paid at mybookie.ag all right that was a disaster um and in many ways the cleveland cavaliers are a disaster yes they are let's talk about it uh so again recording this on monday afternoon so by the time wednesday comes around this could change but uh lots of injuries obviously today the news came out that ty Lue's taking a bit of a uh a leave of absence to deal with his ongoing health concerns and like obviously He's okay. I hope he's okay or taking steps to become okay. And a big F you to the people making really dumb and insensitive, stupid jokes about it. Um, mm-hmm. Like, just completely go away with that bullshit. Yeah, he, he's been coughing blood for months because LeBron yelled at him once. Yeah. Uh, people are just unbelievably stupid. <laughs> um, <laughs> good lord. Um, but yeah, so I guess we can start with Ty Lue and then we can make our way down to the injury list. Is this... Good, like Larry Drew's taking over. Larry Drew has coaches here, experience as a coach. Is this going to change anything for the Cavs? Do you think is just this kind of like a temporary thing? Are you expecting like a big change in how they play, or uh, or is this just more of a, a Ty Lue sort of thing and not really related to the on-court product? I, I don't think it's going to have a huge impact on the on-court product. Um, I know people like to assume that all of coaching is done by one position, and I think the Raptors are actually a great case study where everyone blamed Dwayne Casey and. And they removed almost all the assistant coaches, and, and that made a change because those tasks get delegated. Uh, you still have the same coach, um, Mike, uh, I'm, I always butcher his name, but let's just call him Mike Lombardi. Um, he is still coaching the defense. Um, I, I don't think they're going to change a lot of what they're doing offensively because that's just kind of who's healthy, who, who can play right now. Uh, Kevin Love returning for this game against the Bucks. I assume that means he's going to be available against the Raptors, which even if he's 
70% of himself is still going to be a huge lift uh, compared to Jeff Green or whoever else is out there. But at this point, they're, they're just trying to develop some chemistry with whoever is left um, and figure out if they can kind of get this ship somewhat righted before playoffs. But um, any hopes of really developing chemistry and having a run with a, a healthy roster probably probably is uh is far from reality at this point yeah how's your sort of mood been since the trades because obviously the first couple games afterwards they played really well and it looked like it was going to be perfect and oh the Cavs are the favorites again and then the all-star break happens they come back out and they just kind of look a little uneven they've had the injuries uh, Tristan Thompson Chetty Osman Rodney Hood's missed some time Kyle Korver missed a game or two um like they're just they don't look like they've really figured it out maybe in the way they did before the all-star break uh like i don't know when i asked you to do this podcast you said you didn't want to because the calves depress you um <laughs> i was, mostly, I, so I was like, joking <laughs> oh, okay fair enough but like I, how is your mood since the trades like are you feeling more confident i mean i guess anything must have been better than the team that wanted to like murder each other before the the trades happened right Right. Well, uh, to some extent, I'm in the minority because after the trades happened, I still said that I believe the Raptors are the favorite to make it out of the East and that I would need to see this Cavs team at full strength before I really bought in. Um, I I know a lot of people kind of minimize him, but the importance of Kevin Love is massive to this team. He needs to be himself. He needs to shoulder an all-star level load to make things easier for LeBron. You need to have that second option because... When you have just one guy performing in playoffs, that becomes really easy to take away. Um, so he needs to play well. I like the moves they made. I think all the pieces make sense when this is a healthy roster. Um, I think all of a sudden uh, George Hill will look better playing alongside Love and LeBron, and everyone will slide down into their natural positions. But the amount of time that they're going to have together healthy is concerning. Even Tristan Thompson, who was getting healthy in January, all of a sudden started being banged up again and couldn't get right in February. Mm. His play fell off, and and now he's out rehabbing an ankle injury. Um, So they need to get these guys in the lineup and and try to work on developing chemistry before um, I even give them a a chance to, to really challenge the Raptors. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, we'll get to the Raptors and the rest of the East in a sec. Um, still want to dive into what's going on with this team right now. So, who's the guy among all the new guys? Because, like, obviously when Isaiah Thomas and Derrick Rose get traded, there's, like, an enormous void of frustration. Like, a, a, a person a person to, to, like, for the fan base to aim their frustration at. Uh, who has, among the new guys, become the most frustrating to you so far in the short amount of time he's been with the team? I, I really love the new guys. Yeah. Um, that that probably isn't the best question to ask. Um, after the trade deadline and after the All Star break, this version of Jeff Green resembles Jeff Green that we 
know he is rather than the Jeff Green of prior to the All-Star break because mm. he had really been a big part of the success of this team and all of a sudden he's jacking up three-borners and and really just not playing that discipline game that had helped them earlier in the year. Um, as far as the new guys go, Rodney Hood and George Hill could be hitting their shots at a higher rate. They, they probably will. Those guys have been proven shooters in a lot of different situations. Um, but other than that, they've played really well. Like George Hill does a lot of kind of really quiet things that help the team. He's a steady hand out there. Rodney Hood at least is playing hard on defense, which is a, a nice relief compared to J.R. Smith. Uh, Larry Nance Jr. has been better than anyone could have expected, and I, I think him getting healthy and, and being right is a big part uh, of any potential success for the Cavs. And Jordan Clarkson kind of gives you what J.R. Smith gave you when he first came to the team. He's, right. he's that crazy personality, hitting shots, playing with just tons of energy, jumping up and down the court. Um, acrobatic finishes at the rim, which um, I, I think have kind of surprised some people. Um, so you, you don't want to rely on him, but having him there is definitely a boost to a bench that um, really was lacking guys after those trades. Yeah, fair enough. So you mentioned Kevin Love's coming back, um, and you know, I'm interested to see how they're going to try to incorporate him, considering the new personnel that they have. Because I mean, obviously he's going to kind of change the complexion of the roster because he's a large person on a team that doesn't have that many large people. Um, but I'm curious to see how exactly they're going to try to deploy him because they've kind of toyed all season long with him starting at center. They've toyed with, you know, maybe go back to the Thompson and, and Love look that that worked for them in the playoffs back in the day uh, when they beat the Warriors. Um, like, what do you think is Love's best utility in this new roster? Is he, you know, going to be a four next to a small ball center, Larry Nance? Is he just going to play five and sort of give up some defense in order to sort of spread things out a little bit more? Like, how is Love going to look with the new complement of players around him? Well, to start off, he's going to be at center just because of the Cavs' only center left is Ante Zizic. Right. Um, but after that, uh, I would anticipate Larry Nance gets a starting center spot back. Right. Um, a lineup of George Hill, Rodney Hood, LeBron, Love, and Nance just has tons of length. They're able to get up and down the court. Um, I, I think Nance is also able to cover for a lot of things that um, Kevin Love struggles with defensively. Uh, Love has been actually a pretty decent defender individually, um, but still, when you put him out in space, that's that's where he can get exposed, and, and that happened a lot when he was playing at center. Um, so I, I think they're going to transition back to moving him at the four. Hopefully Tristan Thompson can get healthy, um, because it would be nice to have him coming in off the bench. But, yeah, I think Love is going to go back to being utilized most of the same way offensively, which my hope was that they would have all these other pieces integrated and then it was just, okay, now we throw Kevin Love into there, which shouldn't have been as big of a transition as putting in a ball-dominant guard like Isaiah Thomas because Love, he finds guys, he finds open spaces, he spots up, and he's someone you can dump the ball to when the offense bogs down. So. That, that shouldn't be as difficult to integrate as someone like Isaiah Thomas, who's just going to pound the arrow of the ball and jack up shots. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, Love is good, man. He's been really good this season, too. And I, I, I'm i kind of 
I don't understand the insane amount of criticism for him. I, I get there are flaws in his game, but I also kind of think a lot of the stuff he used to do really well in Minnesota has kind of been just not necessary when you plan a team with LeBron James. And I don't right. think that makes him He's any having less... the most efficient yeah. season of his career. He's still rebounding at a crazy rate. Um, he, he's pretty good. It doesn't make him any less of a good player that he also plays with a very, very good player now. Um, so you mentioned that you still think the Raptors are the favorite in the East. Like... Yep. How would you sort of, if you were like graded on like percentage chance that the Raptors, the Cavs, the Celtics, or some other team would make the finals? Like, where are you at right now, just in terms of your uh, looking both at like the, how the bracket's going to shake out and just how each team matches up? Like, are the Raptors overwhelming favorites for you, or is it? Because I kind of am on the side of like I think it's like fifty fifty at this point. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. Convince me otherwise. I'd probably put it at 60-40 right. uh, in favor of the Raptors. The The thing is, you you might go lower when you're looking at the stats, but having LeBron on your team, if you would have had a 30% chance, he probably brings that up to a 40. Right. Um, I, I really do think that those Cleveland and Toronto are the upper tier in the East. Like, I don't think Boston has a chance to come out of the East. Um, the injuries ha- have kind of taken their toll on them, and uh, I think they... They just weren't as good as their record's been all season. Um, and beyond that, Philadelphia, I, I don't trust the, the I don't trust them in the playoffs just because they don't have a ton of shooting. And when the game slows down, I think that's really going to hurt them. Uh, and Milwaukee, I, I mean, we know that they've been inconsistent all year, and there there just isn't a clear other team uh, that I believe in going into the playoffs. So, um, yeah, I, I favor Toronto. Um, I do have some hope. Um, just because they, they've struggled a little bit defending five out, and I'd be interested to see what they would do against a, a LeBron, Love, and Nance front court. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're just so deep. They move the ball really well, which is my biggest concern against them. Is the Raptors generate more open shots than anyone, um, and they and they really move the ball well compared to seasons past where they never move the ball. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that the Cavs have really struggled to defend. So. I think from that standpoint, they, they really do match up well. Yeah, also I think having Kyle Lowry not be completely broken down is going to be a knock on wood, I guess. But uh, we talked about this on yesterday's podcast with Vivek Jacob, how Kyle's averaging like 25-7 and 7, uh, on like 47% from three against teams over 500 since February 1st, which is kind of what the entire point of limiting his minutes and limiting his exposure is about is having him like good to go in those games against really good competition and uh, like there's no reason why he shouldn't be a good playoff player aside and I think you've said this on this podcast before that you're kind of in the camp that Kyle's playoff issues have been more physical you know and and sort of his health related as opposed to just him like choking and I agree with that um yeah taking charges up 40 against the magic and putting 40 minutes and that dumb (laughs) stuff I I think that's been the, the biggest thing for him yeah, so, yeah, I, I, it's crazy that like, coming into the season I never would have expected saying that I think the Raptors are favored over the Cavs, and like while I say it's 50-50, I think there's like a very good chance that the Raptors like could pull out a series win, and especially with home court, like, it's... Turns out Kyrie is good. Yeah, Kyrie's excellent, man, and like, as great as LeBron is, I just, I don't know how LeBron makes the Cavs defense any good. You know, and like that's sort of especially because LeBron isn't a good individual defender anymore. And like, yeah. I I think they have the potential defensively. Like George Hill, good defender. Rodney Hood can be a good defender. He's a little lean, but that's fine at the at the shooting guard position. 
Uh, LeBron's best as a help defender, so you're you're kind of just really banking on Larry Nance helping out a lot on the back end. And Nance has been great defensively at times, but he, he can still get lost. Like mm-hmm. I think if you really put him in a lot of pick and rolls with Jonas, that creates some issues. And um, if you're not taking care of the ball, he's I, I think he he leads all big men in steals, and, and he's someone that can initiate the fast break. Um, but at the same time, if it's one of those games where he gets lost and he is a younger player, um, the Cavs are really going to struggle defensively. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You also think it's just like the Raptors have more ways to attack the Cavs. And I I think in series past, I don't really count last year because Kyle got hurt and then it was just a wash from there. Um, But in the conference finals, like it just felt like the Cavs were the aggressors for every you know, coaching maneuver that was made, and the Raptors were forced to sort of react to that. And, you know, that led to situations where, like, Jonas Valanciunas and Bismack Biombo are playing together in the same front court. Uh, and it was a disaster. Um, and so I think the Raptors have more, like, tools on hand to be able to throw the action towards the Cavs and be like, all right, now you have to match up with us because we can play Serge Ibaka, Pascal Siakam in the front court and be able to defend five out while also having enough offense on the court to sort of counteract that. You know, it's not like when the Cavs would run out that ridiculous bench unit in the conference finals a couple years ago and the Raptors just had no answer for it because they just could never have enough defense and offense on the court at the same time. Um, right. Like, I, I think they can actually balance that this season and maybe make the Cavs have to adapt to what the Raptors do, which is something that I just you never would have been able to say about the Raptors in the past. Right. Well, no, you're you're absolutely right, and uh, they, they really do have a lot of guys that can throw that they can throw at the at the Cavs stars. Like, uh, I think OG is going to be able to do a better job on LeBron than let's say Damari Carroll. Yeah. Uh, they they don't really have someone that can defend Love in like every situation. Like they have guys that can defend him in the post, or they have guys that can defend him on the perimeter, but not necessarily both. Yeah. But still, I, I think that's an improvement from where it's been in the past. And he hasn't exactly lit the Raptors on fire on a consistent basis. He's had great games against them, um, but that that's still something that that's a bit of an unknown. Like they haven't had to rely on Kevin Love over a seven-game series to be that guy offensively. Uh, I mean, he, he's had massive series, but it, it's it's a different animal when you're the third option versus we need you to be this. Otherwise, everyone else is going to be asked to do too much. Of course, we say all this and gas the Raptors, and then LeBron will double fist beers in game in game one, and uh, and it'll be over then. <laughs> yeah, it turns turns out playing LeBron forty two minutes can be a bit of an equalizer in the playoffs, but yeah. um, I, I mean that's what makes it so tough is when you're analyzing this stuff. It's okay, Toronto by every single metric is the better team. They have better depth. Uh, they can get it done on both ends of the floor, and. I mean, you don't want to sound like a homer, but, like, the things that LeBron has done is just absurd. Like, I remember in 2015, I picked the Hawks to beat the Cavs in the conference finals, and that team got swept. Yeah. Like, it, it, I, I, I don't know, man. It, it, it's tough 
to really measure LeBron's impact on a game uh, until you see it. So, I, I as I said, I, I think the biggest thing is just whether or not this team can get healthy. But Toronto is going to be the, the biggest test that uh, they've faced in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I think the like LeBron and then the, now the Warriors in the last couple of years have kind of, I think it speaks to their greatness that they've kind of imposed this air of inevitability over the entire league. Whereas, like, I don't think, you know, 10 years ago, we're looking at this Raptors team and saying, like, oh, they like, maybe can make it to a finals. Like, they would be, like, a, a preeminent favorite to make it. And, like, of course there would be challengers along the way, but, like, they wouldn't be looked at with the sort of grain of salt that is the Cavaliers. And, I don't know, I think it just speaks to how LeBron's kind of changed the calculus on his own in the last eight years or seven years. Um, like, it's just impossible to pick against him. Like, it seems yeah. really stupid to be like, yeah, I'm going to take the Raptors to beat LeBron in a series. That seems really <laughs> dumb. Yeah, it, it, it is tough. And to a lot of people, like, they, they look, okay, Lowry and DeRozan are there. It's the same team. But this is a dramatically different team. Uh, their contributors are completely different than in years past. They play differently. And I just want to say this. One thing that drives me nuts is... Toronto fans that want people to take them seriously, they want to say, no, why, why isn't everyone saying that the Raptors are the best team in the East? But then at the same time, don't want the expectations that come with that. People, <laughs> like, you can't say, oh, everyone should act like the Raptors are the best team in the East, but at the same time, if they don't make the finals, well, it's because they have LeBron. Like, yeah. It's not fair to expect that of them. It, having been that good comes with expectations, and I think this is the first year that you can say if they didn't make the finals, um, that would be a disappointment. It, it wouldn't be the best possible season. Now, you could still have a very close seven-game series. Let's say LeBron does some crazy things in Game 7, and they put up a great fight. I think at that point you can make the argument yeah. that, yes, that, that was a successful season. The Cavs hit a gear that we didn't think they could as a team. But, I, I mean... You, you don't get to shoot your shots on an empty net. Like, there, there's going to be some contesting if you want to go to the finals. So, mm-hmm. um, you, with those expectations, you, you need to kind of have some da- downside there. Like, there has to be some stakes. There's going to be some contesting unless you're last year's Cavs, um, <laughs> if we're being honest. Uh, yeah, that was an easy run. I think I wrote after the Raptors won Game 2, of the Eastern Conference Finals in 2016, that the Raptors, like, had reached their absolute ceiling by winning that second game. Like, winning two games, taking two games off the Cavs, was going to be their ceiling of the entire season, and I wrote about that. I won't be writing that if they don't make the Finals this season, and that's weird That was also Drake's greatest contribution to the franchise. (laughs) Uh, Wait, what? What? What's the reference there? Um, partying in Toronto. Oh, right. Okay. Seriously, in games uh, five and six. I see. What which, say, yeah. which members of the team have even said? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that game wasn't, or that series wasn't particularly competitive. Although, like that game four, when the Raptors like withstood the Cavs' best shot late in that game, where the Cavs scored in like twelve straight possessions, and the Raptors withstood yeah, that's it. That's the Channing Fry half, where yeah, he just. Absolutely bonkers. Yeah, that was the one moment where I think you could legitimately say, like, the Raptors are on the same level as the Cavs, but it was fleeting. It was, like, five minutes. Uh, But, like, at least they hit that point, which I didn't think they would, really. 
Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it was. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be writing that piece this season if they lose to the Cavs in the conference finals. Even if it's like if, if it's a close series, then that's good, and I'll be happy with that. But um, like if they don't make the finals, they, they did, there is something of a letdown there. Uh, right. It, so fear mongering has been a thing for Raptors fans ahead of the playoffs for the last like five years. Uh, is there any of that going on right now with the Cavs and, and when it comes to like looking down the standings at potential first round matchups? Um, not necessarily. I mean, people probably don't want to play Philly. Yeah. Uh, just because that, that team is so long and, and they'd be a pain. Um, but no, it, most of the focus with the Cavs has almost always been internal. It's can we get healthy? Can we get chemistry right? Because if those questions are, or if the answer to those questions is yes, then there really isn't a whole lot of concern about the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, it, obviously, you'd want a little bit of an easier schedule, but at the same time, they're not getting the two seed. They're not getting the one seed. Um, whether they are four, five, or six, I, I don't think it makes a huge difference. So um, it, it's not something that it's really been on the radar. Yeah, I think the Cavs should be comfortable against any of these teams, really. I mean, the the Sixers are scary, and I've kind of done a 180 on them, thinking, like, I'd like to play the Sixers over any of these teams because they're young and dumb, and young and dumb teams don't usually win in the playoffs. But uh, I think maybe just, like, the crappiness of the Bucks and the uninspiringness of the Heat have kind of moved the Sixers up my fear rankings a little bit. But, like, also just the way Joel Embiid plays. Like, that dude's horrifying. Um, right. Uh, but yeah, I think like Raptors Cavs should be the conference finals. I need the Cavs to like stop messing around here and just get the three seed. The Raptors should just like hand the game on Wednesday to the Cavs. In all honesty, um, mm-hmm. in interest of that, I, are you concerned at all about this like seating? Like, are you looking? Like, is the three seed what you guys want as as Cavs fans to, in order to get the Celtics in the second round instead of the Raptors? Uh, I would prefer that. Yeah. I, I think the earlier. You play the Cavs, the better the chance you have of beating them. Right. Um, if they have two series to kind of figure things out, uh, to, to go through all the practices, because you do get a lot of downtime in the playoffs, I think that gives them a much better chance of beating Toronto. Right. If it's a second-round series, I, I start to worry a whole lot more than I am right now. Man, it's so weird thinking about LeBron losing before the finals. It's it's uh, <laughs> I can't even comprehend it. Uh, I think that'll do it, though, man. Is there anything I've... Like forgotten about this going on with the Cavs because there's a million things happening there that we should talk about. Um, you forgot Jetty Osman overtaking LeBron, but mm. uh, other than that, we can talk about that next season when he when LeBron's yeah. in uh, Houston or whatever. When him and Luka Doncic are tearing it up. <laughs> uh, God, do you think LeBron's gonna leave? Like, are you worried about that? Um. I, I think Cleveland's probably the favorite to retain him. Right. Um, I think Houston would need to get really creative, uh, which is possible. Um, but that that would get them in the conversation. I don't think he wants to go to Philly, and I don't think the, the Lakers are really uh, possible. So it would be either the Spurs or Rockets getting really creative. There's been subway ads in Toronto uh, trying to entice LeBron to, to to play here next season. I mean, if they didn't get KD, they're, they didn't get, they're not getting LeBron. <laughs> I mean, you could make an argument on the surface, just like in terms of a situation you could go to that would be most conducive to winning. The Raptors are probably in the top five of that. I mean, they're a 52-18 and 18 team. It's hard mm-hmm. to argue that. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd take their bench for LeBron if he's leaving. <laughs> 
uh, I, I count me <laughs> count me in for that sign and trade. That would be all right. Uh, all right, I think we can wrap this thing up. Justin, thanks so much for taking the time, buddy. Uh, hopefully the Cavs uh, sort their shit out for your sake, uh, for Raptors fans' sake. I guess that's uh, not something they want. Hopefully the Winnipeg Jets continue being awesome. How about that? Hell how, yeah. How, Jets are you... bombers, man. Yeah. We're, Winnipeg's winning two titles this year. <laughs> Maybe three. We won uh, baseball that nobody cares about and I forgot about. The Gold Eyes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, go fish. Nice. Um, yeah, the Jets. Are you worried about a first-round matchup with the Minnesota Wild? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm going to jump on the bandwagon when playoffs come around. I'm not going to act like I know anything right now. Oh, okay. I thought you were, like, keeping the tabs. but uh... I, I keep, Like, I look at the box scores, and I like if there isn't a Raptors or Cavs game on, I'll, I'll watch it. But there aren't a lot of those nights. Right. Uh, well, I guess you'll be watching... The Jets will give you at least something to keep you warm when the Cavs are eliminated by the Raptors in the second round. Exactly. Uh, It'll be perfect. Or the Jets will be eliminated by Nashville, and uh, you will be left with the Bombers, I guess, as your lone There you go. Big big free agency. Big big summer for the Bombers. I'd take a great cup over Stanley Cup or NBA championship right now. Really? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Well, yeah, I guess they haven't won since... uh, The year before I was born. Yes, in and a, I've been in a, a nine-team league. The it's pain, man. A nine-team league that was mostly an eight-team league during that time. They're basically the Boston Celtics. Like all their greatness is in the past. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one can only hope. All right, man. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. We'll listen to the Chase Down podcast with you and Carter Rodriguez. It's very, very good. Um, and uh, read your stuff if you're the sword. I'm sure we'll do this again come playoff time or like next month when they play again. All right. Oh good. yeah, you have a you wait. You gotta come on the trivia thing too, too soon as yeah, well. Yeah, what the hell, man? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm undefeated. It's been very busy. You're gonna be up for your second round matchup probably oh, okay. in the next week or so. I'll I'll touch base with you. Um, okay, sounds good, buddy. Yeah. I've had lots of people asking me when that is happening. It's happening at some point. Schedule has been weird. Some days have been busy. Um, but the, the I wasn't going to say anything. I didn't want to put the pressure on you. Yeah, no. The trivia tournament will be making a, its comeback. I only have like three recording days left to do of it before it's all done. So spread it out a little bit, and we'll get Justin on for his Sweet 16 matchup very soon. Uh, Justin, thanks for coming on, man. Everyone, make sure you check out the podcast on iTunes. Leave a rating. Leave a review. It takes no time at all. Uh, it's the easiest way to help with the show. Move, move us up the rankings. Help the algorithm. All that stuff. Stroke me, you go. Uh, so thank you in advance for doing that. And we will talk to you on Wednesday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Cheers. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.